Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. You know, Carrie, when I was growing up, cereal was like everything. It was the best part of being a kid, but I had to give it up because I realized as an adult, it's full of sugar and junk and all this other stuff you really shouldn't be eating. I used to put sugar on top of sugar cereal (laughs) because it wasn't sugary enough. Like what? You know, we're all trying to eat better. It's a different time. We're adults and just, you know, that's the way the world is going. But healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon, which we both have been trying, is like super amazing. The flavors that we all have grown up with and love, but without all the bad stuff. And also, I'm not putting sugar on top of it anymore. And we love it because there's a variety pack. There are four flavors in total. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Each pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14. 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs and only 140 calories a serving. Also, it's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free and low carb. And I really love when you do something like mix cocoa and peanut butter because it Mm. tastes like a peanut butter cup, which, you know, we all love. I've been eating it for dessert, like a little treat. It's really good. And it tastes pretty much exactly like the regular cereal from when I was a kid. But I feel better about it because it's actually really healthy and it's still delicious. Also, the boxes are so cute, whoever designed them. So go to magicspoon.com slash momtourage to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momtourage at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Love that. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash momtourage and use the code MOMTRAGE because you'll save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We have got a great show today. This week, we're about to go RVing. We're chatting with Ashley's husband and resident Eagle Scout, Matthew Heron-Smith, for some tips on preparing. Then we've got listener emails, and we can't wait to read them and discuss them with you guys. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, the highs and the lows. You guys know the deal, why we're doing highs and lows instead of the usual. Carrie, would you like to start, friend? My high this week is that Luna loves summer camp. That's good. It's like my high and my low. She loves summer camp, and that's the high, and I'm getting a whole day's worth of time without her five days a week, which is like more preparing me for the next school year, because remember, I didn't want to send Luna five days a week, and then I decided, go for it. So it's like a tester of what life could be like, which is you can get a lot done when your kid is gone all day. It's amazing. 
morning. The lows, unfortunately, just like school, every morning she wakes up and is like, I don't want to go to camp. And I think part of it is FOMO, fear of missing out, because she thinks that we're like doing stuff without her that's fun, which, spoiler alert, we are living our lives, having a good time. But the other thing is she's just so attached to me these days that in the morning she's like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. But the good news is when I pick her up, she's loved it. And she goes to bed at 7 o'clock and sleeps 13 hours. Oh my God, that's so nice. so good. My highs are, I got to see a friend this week that lives in LA. I have known her longer than I've known Matt. She was an intern at Martha when I was working there. I love her very dearly and I have not been able to see her since pre-COVID. So it was really nice. I brought Sebastian into the city. He sat in the hotel lobby while we had a couple of cocktails. He played his iPad. He kept going up to her and being like, hi, Katie, I love you and giving her a hug. And then he came to dinner with us. It was just really nice to see. You've talked about it before. Friends where it's like no time has passed. That's how I feel about Caitlin. So it was really, really nice to see her. She is one of the co-EPs on The Bachelor. Oh, you've talked about her sort of yeah. before. Her like life stories are always just so fun. Sebastian FaceTimed with Colton, one of the former Bachelors, right when his season was airing and Sebastian was like a little baby. And I took a screenshot and posted it on Instagram. But it's fun to hear her stories. It's fun to catch up. She's single, so I get to hear about her dating life. It was just really nice. I don't know that I have lows this week. Can I say that? Oh my gosh, how optimistic. Well, you know... The world is the world, but otherwise I don't have anything. I'm, a, I'm pretty good. That's great. That's awesome. Guys, we're going to talk about an RVing trip Carrie and I have coming up with my husband. He's not coming, but he is in the segment, so stay tuned. Today's guest is a man of many, many talents. He is a music supervisor in film and television. He's a husband, a father, and he's pretty good looking to boot. But it's his Eagle Scout rank that makes him of use to us today. Please welcome my husband, Matthew Heron Smith. Hi, Matt. Hey, you guys. Happy to be back on the Momtourage with my favorite podcast hosts. So Carrie and I have been itching for some time, just the two of us, as you, Matt, know very, very well. No offense to you, Matt, but... We just need our lady time. We just need some time. We get so much work done when we hang out. It would be nice to be away from our children for like a second. But we did have some stipulations. And those stipulations were keep costs low. We didn't want to be too far away from home. We didn't want to have to like fly anywhere. Keep it simple. Keep it real simple. The one that I think was really important to us was no children. We wanted it to be comfortable. And we also wanted to allow us some time to get work done. Because believe it or not, it is very hard to run our business when there are children running around and significant others with their interludes. And lastly, we wanted some time to just chill out. Maybe craft. Crafting. Time for cocktail hour. No need for hair and makeup. So uh, scrolling through TikTok except in the woods? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Trying to find the slender people or whatever we find on TikTok in the woods. <laughs> my suggestion was using my parents' RV. It's three hours away. It's quiet. It allowed us some time in nature. But Carrie had some reservations about camping. I still have them. I'm having these reservations. And what are your reservations? I don't want a lot of bugs where I sleep. Amen. I want to sleep on a bed, not in a sleeping bag. Agreed again. I want a toilet. What about a sleeping bag on a bed? That's fine. I'm just, these 44-year-old bones need to be on something not so ground-like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to be able to make coffee. 
immediately when I wake up. Amen. I want some coffee in bed. I want a drone to walk and fly in coffee into my face prior to <laughs> eyes opening. But that's what you have a partner for. Mine does that. I want a bathroom, like a real bathroom. And I want the possibility to shower. I might not, but I want the ability to, let's say I step in some, I think the term is scat. Is that the is that the term? Yeah, that's right. I don't like to sleep with the deet on my body. I want to have the deet on for my outdoor excursions, but then not sleep in it. So I want some washing possibilities. <laughs> and I want some place where I can put shelving for toiletries. That's a fancy request. I mean, one that we're going to accomplish for you anyway, but well, that I, I feel so. like a shelf for your toiletries is bougie. Listen, I'm not a monster. I'm a civilized woman. Can we make this happen? Because I feel like my idea of what camping is, is like put up your pup tent that takes 35 minutes to figure out because of the poles and then 35? Try like an hour and a half when they're big. Well, see, I don't want to do it. And then like roll out your sleeping bag and then it's a mess. I don't want to do that. I did that recently and I needed like 75 hours of chiropractic work afterwards. Well, listen, the reason I suggested the RV is because it accomplishes all of those things. In this particular instance, it also kept our costs very low because we didn't have to fly We didn't have to rent anything. We didn't have to rent a campground. We didn't have to rent the RV, no hotel. And the RV wasn't going to move, right? Yes, the RV is not moving. We are just driving to the RV. This RV is parked on my parents' land. And it's got all the comforts. We don't have to get dressed and go have dinner. We can just bring food with us, keep it in the fridge that's in there. There's a stove. There's an oven. There's a microwave. If we want to grill, we can grill. We have TV. We have Wi-Fi. We can watch some Bravo. Yeah. Anything we want. We have cable. Yes, we have cable. And then when we need our nature fix, all we have to do is open the door and go outside. The truth is, though, that neither one of us is really that good at nature. I know listeners of the show know that Carrie loves her plants. She'll watch snail TikToks till the cows come home. But we're no Bear grills, essentially. I mean, I do like nature. I'm nature-y. But you don't want to be, like, completely engulfed in it. Right. Without any kind of respite from it. No. So... We want to be able to make our dinner over a campfire. We want to have cocktails, s'mores, all of that. But we don't even know how to start a fire. I've seen Matt start one a zillion times, but I have no idea. I've watched Naked and Afraid, but I feel like I'm not going to use a bow drill or whatever it's called to make it. It's kind of like watching people on a bicycle versus actually ever getting on a bicycle. I one time did start an indoor fire using a Dorito as a fire starter. Was it an accident? Because it was indoors. No, I was trying to. We were lighting a fire and we didn't have any like log starter. And I Googled it and they said you could use a Dorito and it kind of worked. It wasn't the best fire, but it did work. That's kind of like when you don't have a wine opener and you slam the bottle of wine on your shoe until the cork starts to come up. That's a helpful tip for everyone out there. Yes. Anyway, Matthew, Heron Smith, Eagle Scout, we need you to give us your best tips, but also the most user friendly for people that didn't spend 16 years of their life in the Eagle Scouts with a scout leader father who goes on 10-day main canoe trips. How does one start a fire? Without Doritos. All right, so assuming you have some kind of lighter, matches, something like that. We're not going totally primitive here. But the number one thing you need to do is you need to find wood. And not any kind of wood. You need to find dry wood. A dry piece of wood is going to be usually standing up, not laying down in a ditch. Those are 
more likely to be wet, more likely to collect moisture and stuff like that. You're going to split the wood open. It's going to snap. If it bends a lot or it's very green, that means there's a lot of moisture in there. It's not going to burn. You're going to get a lot of smoke. You're not going to get fire. Just touch it. Put it on your cheek. Touch it with your palm. Can you just see you and I in the woods putting wood on our cheeks? (laughs) Or more like you hanging around looking at TikTok and me uh, finding the driveway. (laughs) No, it's us all by ourselves. (laughs) You're not going to be there. We have to do it ourselves, Matt. How big is the wood? All right. So you're going to need a few different sizes of wood. You need bigger sticks, like bigger logs for later once the fire's going strong. That's like the firewood you can buy, right? Right. That's the firewood you can buy. To get it started, you're going to need what we call kindling. This is small little shavings of wood, little tiny pieces that you'll shave off like a little pile. And that's going to be your base. And over that, you're going to take bigger pieces, like small sticks, and then you're going to build a little teepee shape with these little sticks over your kindling. And you're going to light it from the bottom. The kindling will catch fire, and then that will catch on to the smaller sticks. And then you build a larger teepee on top of that. And by that size, you know, you have a decent sized fire. And then you can start throwing on the big pieces. Okay, I think we can manage that. Can you use other things other than wood, like leaves, paper? You could use paper in the kindling to get it going. You don't want to use leaves, usually, because they're too wet. You're just going to get a lot of smoke. How do we identify poison ivy or other itchy plant things that we should stay away from? All right, you know the old saying for poison ivy, poison oak. If it's leaves of three... Try to pee. Leave them be. Leave them be, exactly. Just avoid kind of anything in that general shape. If it's shiny, you don't want to touch it. That means it has oils on it. If it's shiny, don't let it touch your hiney. If it's shiny, don't let it touch your hiney. The shine it's oil. And the oil is what spreads from your fingertips to your face, all over your body. That's not what you want. My dad is so allergic to poison ivy that if it's around him, he sometimes inhales it and has to go to the hospital. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. So here's my question. Let's say you're like me and that your old adage actually doesn't help in any way because then I start looking at everything and thinking everything is leaves of three. What do you do to avoid being affected should you have touched poison ivy or poison oak? Wash your hands, dish soap, anything like that. Something that breaks down oils. Avoid taking a hot shower. That opens up your pores and the oil can spread. So if you think you've been exposed to a lot of poison ivy, take a cold shower. And obviously don't reuse that clothing. Yeah, don't reuse it until you wash it in hot water. What bugs are good? What bugs are bad? How to avoid them? So bugs. I feel like that's your number one thing you don't like about camping out. So we can help you out with bugs. Amen. Bugs, it's common sense. You don't want to give them anywhere that they can crawl up and be on you. Oh, I already hate that. (laughs) What that means is avoid tall grasses. Bugs, ticks, stuff like that like to hang out on the ends of tall grass. Don't go running through the tall grass. Stay on the path. Don't roll around in the grass. As many tequila sodas as you guys have, stay out of the high grass. You're going to want to wear long pants when you're taking a hike or something like that. Tuck your pants into your socks, I'm guessing. Yep. Long sleeves, long pants if you can. Don't wear open-toed shoes. You know, put a hiking boot on, something. What about spiders? Which ones do we avoid? All of them. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you there's a good spider to hang out with. They're all terrible. (laughs) Stay away from the spiders. What about keeping animals away and identifying them like tracks? Are there any wilderness animals that are okay to be by you? I'm going to stop you right there. You're not going to go in the direction of any (laughs) animal footprints you see while you're out there in the RV with Carrie, okay? No problem. 
Animals, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. I beg to differ. <laughs> listen, they're only going to come near you if you have something they want. If you leave your food out all over the campsite. I mean, even bears are generally going to stay away from you. If there's a fire, if there's noise, if there's a lot of people around, they're going to generally stay away. But I make a killer cold corn salad. They're going to come for that. I don't know if you know this, but bears are really into feta. <laughs> I really like a feta cheese. They've got a feta-ish. <laughs> it's great for another show. What are some other basic things in terms of like where we keep our stuff? You really want to stay organized. You don't know if it's going to rain. You don't know if you're going to need to get up and go pee in the middle of the night. You don't know what's going to come at you. So you always want to have your things where you know they are, where you can get to them quick, where they'll stay dry. If it rains, they're off the ground a little bit. So every little creepy crawler is in a, going inside. How do you orient yourself if you get lost? Yeah, because everything looks like the North Star to me. If you get lost on a hike or Ashley used up all of her cell phone battery watching TikToks. Typical. And you can't use your compass on your cell phone. You're going to want to do things that make your chance of getting found slash not getting more lost higher. Don't go off in every crazy direction trying to... Get back on path. You can orient yourself by either a mountainside or a body of water or something like that. So stay calm, orient yourself, backtrack if you know where you're going. Otherwise, stay put and figure out how you're going to get yourself some shelter until someone comes to find you. How do we stay calm when something goes wrong? Let's say we go for a hike and one of us breaks our ankle. Like, how do I stay calm in that situation? Deep breaths. Sit down. Think. Talk amongst yourselves. Figure out what you're going to do before you run off and start doing it. Breaking an ankle on a hike isn't the end of the world, but it's pretty damn scary and it's pretty complicated. So hopefully you guys should be prepared. You're not going on a hike unless you have a backpack with extra water, extra food, some dry clothes, maybe a rope, some first aid stuff. If you're prepared with that stuff, you can slap an ace bandage on that ankle, have her lean your weight on you and just go back where you came. Don't worry. The reason that we have picked the RV is so that we're really in shelter, not in any of these situations. Situations. Yes. We just want to be prepared should we decide to be daring women out in the woods. But the nice thing about the RV is we're protected from the elements, from everything. You guys are going to do great. You love nature. You work really well as a team. And we would do anything to get away from our children. <laughs> there you go. You guys are going to do great. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt, and imparting all of your wisdom. We're obviously going to update you after the trip and let you know how much we loved RVing. We'll tell how it went and hopefully to instill some outdoor confidence in all of you guys and maybe impress you with our new knowledge and skills, Matt. Oh my God, can you imagine if we come back and we actually impress Matt? I'll be like, I'll tell you how to start a fire, Matt. <laughs> Listen, you guys, I'm already impressed that you're asking my advice. <laughs> For more information on Go RVing and to take a quiz and find your RV type, visit GoRVing.com and go on a real vacation. Thanks, Matt. You got it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listener emails. Guys, we love getting listener emails so, so much. So, hello, Mom Taraj. I'm in need of wedding advice. My fiance and I are planning to get married next year in June. We found a cute venue which offers a brunch wedding reception right after the ceremony. Since we will be paying the whole wedding ourselves, we can only afford 50 guests. And my future mother-in-law is not happy about that. She told me her family is used to having the tradition of inviting everyone in her family and will be offended. Obviously, that's not my intention at all, but my fiance is happy with our wedding plans. What is some advice you can give so that I don't second guess the whole wedding planning and make me feel confident in our decisions? Thanks, girls. You ladies are amazing. I love the show. Well, thank you for your email. That was like super amazing. I don't want a lot of people at my wedding. If I ever were to get married, I would want very little people there. I have even told my friends that I would have a destination wedding so that if they say no, I'm happy about it and maybe price it so that people couldn't come. There's also this famous elephant hotel in my town named Lucy and on her hoopah you can only fit 10 people I'm like I'm gonna get married there I say it's your wedding you can say to your mother-in-law not unless you're going to pay for it can we invite all of those people we're on a budget I know you're used to this kind of thing but we're paying for it ourselves and we have to plan for our future together and we don't have that money I'm sorry to disappoint you pick your top 10 I actually had 50 people at my wedding we were getting married in New York City which is automatically super expensive. Honestly, I didn't want to spend the day having to talk to people that really don't have a whole lot of effect on my life, like distant cousins and friends that we met once. Now, were there people still at the wedding that maybe I still don't talk to? Sure. Yeah. Were there still people at the wedding that I wasn't close to, but my husband was? Yeah. And were there still some people that we felt we had to invite? Yes. You're in a different predicament where you're paying for and that gives you the right to do whatever you want to do. Maybe your fiancé should do that conversation and not you. Yes, and in the interest of full disclosure, my parents paid for the dinner part of our wedding, which was at a little restaurant. We paid for other stuff, and then Matt's family helped us with the rehearsal dinner, following day brunch situation. All I can tell you is, this is your day. And if you don't want a bunch of people, then you have that right to not have a bunch of people. If it's something that's really important to your future mother-in-law, maybe she can throw you a party at her house. That's for all those people. That's good advice. Yeah, a little informal cocktail hour at her house that won't be very pricey for her. And that way she feels like she's accomplishing things because obviously no one wants to offend people. I know that's not your intention. I will tell you when you're dead set on having a wedding of 50 people, people are going to get offended no matter what. And it is unavoidable. One thing that I have learned in the past year 
is sometimes there just isn't a solution for everything. And sometimes there isn't a way to make everybody happy. But what's worth it to you? Is making your future mother-in-law happy more important or is having the kind of wedding that you want to have more important? And also make your fiance deal with his mother. That's his family. He should be dealing with it. People automatically assume that because you're the woman that you're the one that has to deal with all of that stuff. That's not the case. Make a man up. Make him deal with his family. That's his family. If they're so bothered, let him come up with resolution. But I do think that a nice little cocktail hour at her house or anywhere cute and small that won't be a lot is a nice happy middle. There are lots of other reasons why you might want only 50 people aside from financially. For instance, I have a little social anxiety in big groups. I don't like to be the center of attention in my real life. I like prefer to be the center of attention when I'm acting, that kind of thing. I just don't like it in my real life. I would be very nervous having a lot of people at yeah. my wedding and it would shut me down. Because then it becomes about everybody else. You don't get to enjoy your own night. Right. I would have too much anxiety. I'd yes. be like out of body. You could also, depending on when you're getting married, you could still use the COVID card. True. Monkeypox slash COVID. It doesn't have to be about finance. I think you should have a discussion with your fiance and ask if they're comfortable saying it's the finances or not saying it's the finances and kind of decide what you think would be the best way to get your end result. I think there's other ways you don't necessarily, if you don't want to, have to disclose that it's because of finances. I think weddings overall are just kind of an opening for a lot of people to get offended offended about a lot of different things. This is probably going to be the first of many of those. 100%. Yeah, sadly. That's why I say you can't make everybody happy. And you really just have to weigh what's the most important to you. And I really want anyone who's ever getting married to remember that this is about you and the person you're marrying more than anything else and how you guys want to do it. We got a permit to get married in Central Park and there were people who were uncomfortable because there weren't chairs because it's not the kind of venue you have chairs in. That's fine. But for me, it was a really special wedding and it is exactly the way I wanted to get married. And I will always remember how special that was because of it. You just got to do you, girl. I hope that helps. We'll be sending you some swag. Thank you for writing in. All right. You want to talk about the next one? This one specifically is about the episode we did where we talked about micro schools. I was really interested in this because before we got this email, we had recorded it a while ago, put it into that episode, and my opinions had already been starting to change. She says, hi, I'm so into this. I'm from Arizona, and it's one of the worst states for education. I would totally do a micro school. We have actually thought about homeschooling after meeting plenty of quote-unquote normal people who homeschool. From my experience, their children are very social and kind. From those that homeschool, they usually have a dedicated room in the house to do schooling and have an academic year calendar and state curriculum to go by. My friend prepares her lessons a week ahead of time, and I do not believe they spend eight hours in school as you normally would during the day. I think it's very flexible as long as the children get the concepts and then they move on or end for the day. Her family is also part of a co-op where they do activities with other homeschool families and create classes like an experiential science class that happens every month or have trips to various museums in the area. I love the idea of homeschooling, but I'd love it even more if someone was doing the educating and I was doing the caretaking. So here, you could probably pay someone $55,000, which is a good salary, and probably pull together eight children, so $573 a month. My two-year-old is very strong-willed and smart, probably similar to Luna, so I get how Carrie may gravitate towards homeschooling. If you have any questions, I can definitely ask my friend. She's been homeschooling her seven and six-year-old since pre-K. Thanks for your podcast as a transplant from New York City. It's nice to hear you both talk about things happening back home. Thank you so much for the email. Before I even get into the email, I wanted to address how my feeling 
things have changed. Carrie and I have talked about things that are going on in the world on the show and our fears. And one of the things for me is I do see more validity in it. I wouldn't want to do it. I don't want to be the teacher. I also don't know if $55,000 salary is a good salary here. That sounds kind of low. Arizona, I think, has a lower cost of living. That's why a lot of people retire there. What I stand by are two things, and that is I would want kids that are within the same age or two. Mm -hmm. Sebastian and Luna being together would be one thing, but Sebastian with, you know, a nine-year-old kid, I think it would be more of a stretch. That's for me personally. Right. And additionally, my number one concern in doing this would be there's a reason that schools have rankings. And when kids go into college, those things are considered. This kid is a straight-A student from this really great public school in this really great area, or this kid is a C-plus student from this private school. All those varying things come into effect. I have no concept of homeschooling, so I don't know how when a kid goes to college, if college is even still a thing when our kids are fully grown, which it may not be. I don't really know, but I do really appreciate your email because reading that even further, I was like, God, $573 a month really isn't bad for essentially a private school education from somebody who has the qualifications. That's part of it. I don't want to teach my kid. I don't feel qualified enough to do that. But if it was somebody who was, that would change my opinion for sure. If I could just first comment on what you said and then comment on what you said. I just want to start by saying this conversation that we're having is a very privileged conversation. 100%. A majority of people in the world would think that $550 a week is a lot of money and don't have any additional funds to put towards school. They're living paycheck to paycheck all the time. Right. So they're not worried necessarily about whether something will look at ranking or whatever. They're just like, I want my kid to be in school. I acknowledge that. I don't know that that changes where I stand on. And I'm being honest in a way that may upset people. And I understand that. And you have those rights to those feelings. I also have the right to say I came from a certain upbringing, which was very poor teen parents who felt that the public school system failed them. And so I was constantly a scholarship kid at private school. So I have a very strange perspective on that. And I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge that it is a place of privilege, but that is not going to change for me. No, of course. And then my other thing that I just want to say is that the people that I know personally that are homeschooling their kids, where I know the homeschooler and the child, both of them have a large age range. So the one has two kids kind of far apart and they're homeschooled together and they were the ones that's homeschooled by the parent. Are they siblings though? Yes. And then the group around here that actually micro-schooled their kids during the pandemic and I told you hired a teacher was teaching multiple age ranges, but there was more than one kid in each age range. There were two fourth graders, but also two second graders. And it works because it's individualized. They can do multiple levels as long as they're comfortable with teaching those two level children. Yeah. Like if they're certified to do that, if you're paying somebody. And also the family that I know that homeschools has exclusively homeschooled their kids. They are truly the most educated kids I've ever met. Those are the kids you were watching that time, right? Yeah. And they were lovely. And I only saw them over FaceTime, but they were lovely children. Yeah. Truly 
the most well-behaved, loving, empathetic, extremely smart, and engaged kids I know. They were the first giving me hope. And then when I saw how someone had hired an educator to do it as well in my neighborhood, I was like thoroughly impressed. Matt's brother's eldest child, who is now in high school, she just started homeschooling. But the way that they do it, I may not fully be correct in the way I'm explaining it, but the curriculum is dictated by a center at the church. Not that it's a Catholic education. It's just like an organization done through their church. She goes home and does all her learning from books herself. And then on Fridays has to go in and be with everybody. She is very intelligent. She's a really, really bright girl, well-adjusted and very kind and sweet. I do think that there really is some merit to this after all of that. I really would want Sebastian with kids within like one or two years. And it's my own lack of knowledge on this. For me, it's kind of impossible to wrap my brain around how Sebastian being in a class, if he's in fifth grade with third graders, isn't going to hold him back. But I could very much be wrong just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not the case. Really interesting. I actually want to keep this conversation going if anyone else has any input in it. If anyone has an experience in micro school where there are kids in a larger age range in one micro school together, I'd really like to hear how that is working for them because I'm just curious. Send us your emails. Let us know what you think about micro school. Ask us our advice. And don't forget to send us the Yelp reviews of your children, your partners, anything you want. Your best friends, whoever. Your best mom friend. The Yelp review of yourself. Yourself as a mother. Whatever you want. You can email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Our first email actually came in through our website, which is momtouragepodcast.com. So you can email it through that. If that's easier, you can DM us. Just let us know. We want to hear from you. And we send you a little bit of swag after. Hashtag swag bag. All right. You know that sometimes we get sent really fun PR swag and when we really like it or our kids really like it, we feel the need to tell you about it. This week, we were sent, if you've watched the Netflix show Add a Twist Scientist, which is produced by the Obamas. Did you know that? No. Yeah, so Barack and Michelle Obama are executive producers. Love that. So is Chris Nee from Doc McStuffins. So Add a Twist Scientist, it's really cute. It's a science show, a science animated show for little kids. And she's really really cute. Her family's cute. Her friends are cute. It's, it's just like a really nice show that I feel like really happy when Sebastian wants to watch it yeah. instead of watching people play video games. So Added to a Scientist has three new books coming out. We got two. The first one we got is Added to a Scientist Ghost Busted, which is coming out in August. And then we got five minute Added to a Scientist Stories, which is coming out in October. So we got like a little sneak peek of these books. They are so cute. They're so so nice to read to your kid. The Ghost Busted one has like a little section in the back that you can draw on. Really, really cute and really something you can feel confident in giving your kids. It's a little educational. It's a little fun. We really like it. And we have them linked in our show notes. All right, guys. Well, go out and take a real vacation. Thanks, Go RVing. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. 
So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.